0: Uh, my husband and I, we came here on holiday once, for the New Year holiday, and we just loved London. We were like, oh my God, I want to stay here forever. This is such a great city.
1: Welcome to I Am An Immigrant, a podcast about people who have come to the UK from somewhere else. I'm your host, Christine Bacon, and yes, dear listener, I Am An Immigrant. This week's guest is Marina Salim. Marina is originally from Ukraine and moved here in 2014. She's completing a Master's in Photojournalism and runs the Local Foreigners Project, recording stories, images and experiences of immigrants in the UK. Jinx! We talked about how to interpret British politeness, the insecurity that can come from speaking in a second language, and smiling, just for the sake of it. Enjoy.
0: My name is Marina Salim. And I am an immigrant. Great to have you here, Marina. I
1: don't know much about you at all because we've never met and you reached out to me after listening to the podcast and we have a lot in common, I think, in terms of how we view representation of immigrants in the UK. But also, you know, I thought you'd be an interesting guest for the podcast. So you're originally from Ukraine. It seems to me, anyway, that Ukraine doesn't get much airtime over here in the UK. You don't hear much about it except what happens in the news sometimes. Well, in 2014, we heard a lot during the revolution. People would have associations, I guess, with Ukraine being a post-Soviet state, with Chernobyl, things like that that make the news, but I guess don't have a much wider understanding beyond that.
0: Well, it's hard to say. Some of people are really, uh, they are interested in uh, other countries and they know a lot. Like I was constantly surprised about their knowledge about the country and about the people there. They always know the political situation of, in Ukraine better than me sometimes.
1: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> well, that's yes. interesting. I wouldn't have expected that. Okay. Well, so people can be <laughs> surprising sometimes. That's great. How would you describe Ukraine? Ukraine, according to Marina?
0: Well, Ukraine is quite fun place to live. Here in London, I've met lots of people who were living in Ukraine or they moved to Ukraine to work and they, they are loving it and enjoying it. Also, there are people who are afraid to go there because of the conflict. I wouldn't say that it's a scary place or anything like that. I would say that it's a great country with great nature. We have a lot of diversity in nature. We have uh, mountains and sea, and uh, we even have desert in the middle of Ukraine. <laughs> so there are lots of different places to go, and, and the food is nice. So yeah, it's a good country. And uh, I think a lot of things have changed since I moved out of there. I think they are changed for the better. A lot of people are changing their minds on how to behave. They're becoming more friendly towards each other and more supportive, which is cool. I really like to see this change.
1: Looking at your Instagram, you seem to be very into the
0: outdoors. Is that right? Yes.
1: Have you done a lot of that in Ukraine?
0: Not really, I kind of picked it uh, when when we moved to London because it's very popular here. But yeah, it started in Ukraine as well. We were hiking in uh, in Carpathians, in Crimea, and we ha- we were having a great time.
1: So growing up in in Ukraine, how would you describe your childhood? Was it a happy one?
0: No, my childhood wasn't particularly a happy one, but I don't think that was because of Ukraine. that was just because my particular childhood and my situation. I think the happiest moments in my childhood were when uh, I was sent uh, for the whole summer to my relatives in the village in the middle of Ukraine. It was like great outdoors. I wasn't controlled or bothered by anyone I could just take my time and walk around the village and explore the nature and help people and interact with animals it was great time
1: and do you think that's where your love of nature began yes probably I would say as
0: the most freedom I probably got in, in my life So I went to study in university when I was 16 years old, I guess. I was turning 17 the first day days in the uni. Since that time, I I lived in Kiev most of the time before coming to London, of course. (laughs) It was a bit different from the place where I grew up in because it was the capital. It was more buzzing. It was more active life, maybe more profound in some way.
1: So why did you choose Applied Mathematics? It's very different to what you're doing now.
0: I think I haven't given it much of a thought. That's only one thing that I was able to do. I'm from the p- family where most of the people are mathematicians. My mother is a programmer and my father, he studied Applied Mathematics too. And my grandpa, his math teacher. So <laughs> so that was the only thing I, I was able to I couldn't pass any exam in arts, even though I was attracted to being an artist. It was just the only choice. I never used that degree. I mean, I think a lot of
1: people have that experience. They do their first degree and go, oh, hang on. (laughs) What's this? Why did I, what what am I doing here? So uh, what was the next move?
0: And then I started to work as a um, designer, as a graphic designer. I started as an apprentice first. Then, through lots of years of experience, I worked up to art director.
1: What brought you to the UK then? How did you make the decision to come
0: here? Uh, my husband and I, we came here on holiday once for the New Year holiday. And we just loved London. We were like, oh my God, I want to stay here forever. This is such a great city. And we both like great cities, like huge cities and places where lots of stuff happening. But London is special. London is a place where all world meets together. So it's like a, well, I would say a melting pot, but it it, it is used so often it means nothing. It's just like London is the whole world in one city. And the history of it and the way uh, how history and contemporary architecture and contemporary development work together. It's just so amazing. And we decided, yeah, we want to move here. My husband, he, he works as a programmer now. He found a job in Barclays, so we were able to move in about a year since that holiday.
1: So he was able to get sponsored by Barclays, a working visa to come over, and you yeah, were yeah. attached to that because you were you were married. So how did you meet yeah. your husband? Is he Ukrainian as well?
0: Yes, he is Ukrainian. We, we actually met in the uni. We lived in the same dormitory. And uh, we lived together for around 10 years Before we were married, we had to marry to move to London.
1: Okay. (laughs) Oh, that was the reason. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So you couldn't get the visa unless you were married. Yeah, because
0: otherwise I had to get the dependent visa and if we weren't married, I could have trouble to prove that I'm a (laughs) dependent person. It was much easier with marriage, yeah.
1: So what's your visa status now? I'm a citizen now. And so did you have to do that life in the UK test?
0: Yes, yes. Was it ridiculous? A little bit, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have to do it too? No, I didn't because
1: I've got an Irish passport. I'm lucky that my um, parents are Irish, so I didn't have to worry about that. I've heard crazy stories about it, like just the questions they ask you about ancient history. you know, all sorts of things that a British person would never know.
0: I was quite happy with the history because when I moved to London, I, I discovered that I actually quite like history. So I, I know about London or the UK more about than about Ukraine now. So I started to read the books. There are lots of interesting books about the history or listen to podcasts. And I I knew quite a lot. I think I knew more than they asked in the, in the test. Oh, really? Court. Okay. <laughs> so it was easy for you. Yeah. Not really, because they asked other questions as well. I, f- I found the, um, the hardest, the ones where they asked about people, like the names of famous, I don't know, famous Olympic swimmers or like oh. actors or those were questions I think that the average British person would be able to answer, but I didn't have a Clue. Right. <laughs> so I had to learn all of them. Architects.
1: How was your English then when you came over to the UK?
0: Well, it was okay. I passed a Cambridge test. I think it was quite mediocre, but it, it wasn't awful. It gave me a lot of insecurity. I was terrified to speak to people, especially an English speaking person. And I'm just getting over it just now. So it took me six years. And I don't think it matters how good my English is. It just matters how calm how I feeling when I'm talking to a person. It was very much in the way between me and the outer world, just because I was scared, not because I I don't speak English well, yeah. I would say. <laughs> and I think
1: that's very common, isn't it? A very common experience. So you came over to the UK with your husband who was on a, a working visa, working at Barclays. And did you have a plan of what you would do when
0: you got here with your work and your career? Yes, I thought I will get a job here and continue working as an art director, but that didn't happen. And I don't know what I would have changed, but I spent a lot of effort and a lot of time looking for a job and I just couldn't find anything. And then I realized that, OK, maybe I should just relax <laughs> and <laughs> take my time to like learn stuff and see what what else I can do. And I really did take my time, read books to learn history. I started to be interested in politics somehow, which was never an interesting topic for me. So, yeah, it was great. And then I realized that I love photography and I actually am a keen photographer since I am 15 years old. So maybe I can do something with photography. So that's how my days for the second master's degree started.
1: (laughs) That's how the next chapter began. How long did you spend having this moment of, hmm, how long was that? How long did that last, the kind of pause? Oh, that's quite long, longer than I would plan, (laughs) almost five years. And then how did you discover or rediscover that photography was, was something you wanted to pursue?
0: I'm not sure. Maybe that wasn't even me who discovered that. Maybe that was my friend who always said that you should be a photographer. You spent a lot of time doing photography. And I was, was always like, no, I'm, I'm doing great being a graphic designer. Why would I ever want to be a photographer? And then I started to think maybe she's right.
1: <laughs> so why photojournalism rather than f- photography on its own?
0: Well, it's, just for me, there is a distinction between art photography and photojournalism. And this distinction is that art photography is more about the artists themselves. And the photojournalism is more about the surrounding world. So I decided that I'm more interested in what's around me rather than in what's inside me, if that makes sense. It yeah. doesn't mean that... You can't make a photojournalistic project about yourself. A lot of people do, but that, that was the distinction that I made then.
1: Hello, listeners. Just popping in to say hi and to let you know that this season of I Am an Immigrant will be coming to an end in a couple of weeks. I'm planning to do another season later in the year, but what would be so useful if you would like to listen to another season of me talking with people who used to live somewhere else and now live here, is to say it with me, subscribe, share, rate and review. I know we podcasters go on about it ad nauseam, but it does help the podcast reach people it may not necessarily reach and give backers a very good reason to keep on backing the show. Okay, enough said. Back to the conversation. When you first came here, you were like, I fell in love with London. Do you still
0: feel the same way about London? Oh, no, I still feel quite the same about London. I love it, especially now when I couldn't travel around a lot during the pandemic. When I'm going out to the city now, I'm seeing it with fresh eyes. I love London. I love everything about it. Even getting the tube? No. (laughs) (laughs) Not this part. I cycle most of the time. I was uh, very scared of cycling before I came here. And then I started little by little being super scared and anxious. I started cycling in London and I realized that all drivers, all bus drivers, all taxi drivers are super nice and they give me a lot of space and they are kind of even encouraging. And there are lots of cycling highways. So it's super safe. I really like it.
1: So when you think about the UK as a whole or maybe just London because that's been your you know where you've mostly been, what do you most value about being here?
0: I think it's mostly a multicultural aspect of it that I really adore that you can get out of your box and meet a lot of other ways of thinking, other ways to approach one thing, to talk, to learn there are lots of different points of view. I really like it.
1: What about the opposite? What are things that you kind of go, "Uh, I wish it wasn't this way?
0: Oh, this is hard. Let me think about it. Well, I think um, there was one thing that kind of confused me at first when I arrived. But I think uh, it was just my confusion. It wasn't because it's worse or better or anything. So the difference between our cultures is that Ukrainians are more straightforward and they they are telling the naked truth, even if you don't want to listen. (laughs) Here people are really polite and it was hard to at least the first few years, it was hard to get through that politeness. Like people are telling that everything's perfect but and this but is what we you really have to listen to. Now I know that it is a great approach because it doesn't hurt people. I was frustrated at first because I didn't get it. Because, again, I, I wasn't used to listen it to listen to this but phrase. I don't think in Ukraine we have that. And a lot of people I talked to, they, they quite agree that it's a difference, especially in education, you can see this difference. So our tutors, they will make you work. They will correct your mistakes and British tutors, they will say, oh, you're doing perfect, just keep going in this way. Maybe you will consider changing this little detail, but if it's not, it's okay. And at first I was frustrated with this approach, but now I really appreciate it because it it tells you that you're doing good. There's no wrong way of doing something.
1: And do you find that when you're with other Ukrainians that you can kind of relax into that way of being, like just being very direct with them? I think it's half-half.
0: I think um, I feel more relaxed, but it, it probably has more to do with the language rather than being polite. You don't have to have that filter of like,
1: okay, yeah, how do I express this? You can just say it in a stream of consciousness.
0: Yeah, yeah, but then it's not to say that I don't feel relaxed with my other friends who don't speak Ukrainian or Russian. I think it's just because they are friends. (laughs) (laughs) What are the things you miss about Ukraine? My old friends is something that I miss greatly. They were part of my identity, like our friends' company, and they were part of a lot of everything that defined me. I can't say that I miss a lot of Ukraine. I'm quite comfortable here. And I guess that's because I spent here a lot of years and this is my home now. I can't move people here. I can't move my friends here. So this is what I miss. But everything else that I miss, I can make it here. Like, for example, I can say that I miss some food, but then I can go to a Polish shop here and just buy that food. It doesn't matter that much. It's a bit different probably from country to country because I found people in London much more polite. They smile more often to me. So I feel more at home here now.
1: What don't you miss about Ukraine?
0: I don't miss that feeling of estrangement when I walk into, like, for example, tube or underground station in Kiev and people just pretend that I'm not there. I think because I I have dreadlocks, people are a bit scared of my look, usually they pretend like I'm not existing. And here it's absolutely opposite. I can go out and meet a a couple of people who say that they like my hair and they smile to me. And uh, in general, I feel like I'm a part of society.
1: (laughs) Do you think it's because in general, Ukraine is is quite a traditional society? I mean, why do you think that is?
0: Perhaps people are scared of strangers in Ukraine. We have uh, lots of international guests when we lived in Kiev and they told me about the same experience that when they tried to ask for directions, for example, people were just running past them and like <laughs> trying to hide. <laughs> or not to interact in any way. I think it comes from uh, Soviet Union regime. People are getting over that, and it is getting better, and not least because people start to learn more English, and they can answer better, but they are also more helpful. They want to interact with strangers.
1: I interviewed a, a Russian woman a, a couple of years ago. I mean, Russia and Ukraine are obviously different countries, but she was telling me if you're going to smile in Russia, you have to have a very good reason. <laughs> like yes. You don't just smile for the sake of it because someone walks in the door and buys something from your shop. Is that something
0: that's true in Ukraine as well? Oh, yes. At least it was true a few years ago. And it is different in capital Ukraine and the city where I'm from, for example, because I remember after studying in Kiev for a few years, I came back home. We went shopping with my mom and she's looking at me once and says, well, you really changed. And I'm like, what's happened? What what did I do wrong? And she's like, you said hello to like a shopkeeper. (laughs) Wow, that's really quite a change (laughs) for a student. Wow, okay. (laughs) That
1: is quite telling, isn't it? So in your local foreigners project, tell me what it is and why you decided to begin working on it.
0: Well, uh, I wanted to do some project about immigration uh, for the uni. But my first idea was to make a project about how the identity of immigrants changed during the time they live in another country. And then I started researching about immigration, about identities and stuff around that. And I realized that every second book on immigration or even more than that are actually books about asylum seekers and refugees i was so confused and i didn't know why is that happening i i thought i'm just maybe i'm just looking at some books maybe it's just me not being able to find proper research materials or something and then i started to dig deeper and i realized that that's what people actually mean when they say immigrants, they actually quite often, they mean asylum seekers. And that started to bother me because there are a lot of immigrants in the UK. There are how many? Nine millions? Yeah. And if people think that all of them are asylum seekers, then we're quite in trouble. It's not to say that asylum seekers are a bad thing, but there are only 4% of them in the number of all immigrants. That's what made me start this project. Because I I just wanted to share the stories of immigrants, to share that they are very similar to all other people who live in the UK. Yeah,
1: just getting on with our lives. Yeah. I think you're right. There was a hugely skewed perception of who immigrants are, and that's largely to do with media coverage. If you do hear about immigrants, it's usually because they've made the news because they're trying to cross the channel or, you know, there's too many of them coming in.
0: I'd like to have volunteers if someone wants to to share their story for our project I'll be really glad to meet them and take pictures and to listen to their story I'll put a link in the show
1: notes to the website and, and you can contact Marina from there you'll get some excellent photos of yourself out of it I've seen some of the photos which are lovely you've spent a lot of time in London over the last year well all of us have been stuck at home what's your favorite thing to do in London
0: I think there are two things in London that I really enjoy. One of them is horse riding in Wimbledon Village Stables. This is kind of a community stable, and a lot of people are coming there like on a day-to-day basis, and there is a sense of community there. Uh, and horses are good, which I really appreciate. <laughs> and the second thing is the debate club. It's probably the most thing that made me feel welcome in London. This debating club is something that made me feel like I'm a part of London community. Actually, it's it's quite silly, but I I think I've been a member of this club for around two years before the pandemic or so. And I haven't spoken in even one debate because I was so scared and I was so insecure about my uh, English and about my public speaking skills. It was very hard to make myself actually speaking in the debate. Anyway, <laughs> it doesn't matter because the community of, of the club, it made me welcome and they, they are like friends to me now. And a lot of people, especially after the pause during the pandemic, when I meet them, I feel like I met an old friend.
1: Where are you planning your next hike? What's next on the itinerary?
0: Our oh, next one will be actually a cycling tour in the big district in the end of July, in a couple of weeks.
1: Oh, great. Well, I'll be checking your Instagram for updates. Okay. Marina, it's been lovely chatting to you. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks a lot. I'm glad to be here. Many thanks to Marina. I loved her last little story about being part of a debating group and enjoying the community of it while not participating in any of the debates. So far, that is. Do have a look at Marina's portfolio and her local foreigners project via the links below. You have been listening to I Am an Immigrant, produced by me, Christine Bacon, and edited by Helen Clapp. It is supported by the Paul Hamlin Foundation and is an Ice and Fire Theatre production. Thanks so much for listening and catch you next time.